Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. Don't you hate when you just get fresh off a breakup and all you want is attention from really just any guy on Grinder, And then when you find one and you start messaging back and forth, you finally think that you're going to go over to his place and get fucked. But then when he suggests hanging out, you then ask the question that's probably pretty dangerous, but really just the one thing you want to know, what did you have in mind? And then when they say, let's go grab dinner, then you suddenly realize this is exactly how you get yourself into dating once again, right after a fucking breakup. I mean, I should have known right from the beginning that there was something in my life that I was rushing to seek out in men specifically. I mean, honestly, I came out in early 2009 officially to all of my family and friends, and it was legitimately a matter of weeks before I met Scott. Scott and I hit it off really quickly, and it was just a matter of months at that moment when he moved all his shit in to my existing apartment. And after a year and a half of that very first gay relationship, Scott and I officially called it quits. But yet, it was like maybe five days later when I met Peter and suddenly I found myself making out with Peter in his car in the parking lot of the same apartment that I shared with Scott at that moment. Peter and I had a really whirlwind, tailspin, toxic, on-again, off-again relationship that lasted for about eight months. And as he packed up his shit, and exited my apartment that we shared together. It was probably another week before I met E and had hot, passionate sex in what I thought was just going to be a grinder hookup, but ended up being so much more for the next nine months. After I ended things with E because he was actually kind of boring, I ended up finding myself in the arms of Alan, who probably was single-handedly the most toxic relationship and dramatic mind you, that I had ever experienced in my gay life. And I was so over it. So I had to get out of town. And because I was living in Sacramento at the time, I whisked away to San Francisco for a weekend with a friend. And that's when I met my future ex-husband, who I spent the next three and a half years with after we got married and moved in together and moved to San Francisco. And then suddenly, the next thing I know he became my current ex-husband. And I met Brayden probably about a week later, and we spent the next year and a half together. 
But you might be asking yourself, how the fuck do you legitimately go from a breakup and days later find yourself with somebody else? Well, I put a stop to that after Brayden and spent the next two and a half years being single, otherwise known as my San Francisco gay walk of shame era. Fast forward to Robert and two and a half years later, as of last week, I officially called it quits. And you guys, I've actually been on a couple of dates over the course of the last two weeks. And as I sit here, right here, right now, in this moment, I'm asking myself, what the fuck am I doing? Why do I find myself just wanting to date other men right after a breakup? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore all the reasons why I just immediately run to men after I leave one. You are now listening to My Gay Expose podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, and podcast host who's based out of San Francisco, California. Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's episode, woo, we evaluate what is going on in my head. What creates this situation where I break up with one boyfriend and immediately, whether I actually mean to or not, seek out the very next and find myself sometimes getting involved with guys weeks after a breakup, which to be honest with you, please don't tell my therapist because that is very unhealthy behavior and I can even acknowledge that shit. <laughs> but you guys, things have kind of shifted in this current time frame and this specific breakup is going to be just a little bit different for me moving forward. And I'll tell you all the reasons why in this week's episode and it has everything to do with my writing and this show. Dating is not as easy as it used to be for me for so many different reasons, and we'll go into all those different reasons why. And in this week's Your Gay Expose segment, I'll reach out to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners, and ask the actual question. How long does it take for you to mentally leave behind a breakup and move on to who is next? And you guys, once again, this... <laughs> All the answers that we collected this week most certainly did not disappoint. Ugh, but first, before we actually take all the shit from your boyfriend that he left at your house, put it all in a bag to return to him, and then suddenly grab your phone and begin to swipe on Tinder looking for the next, even though you don't actually mean to in your mind. First, let's hop into this week's re- 
Expose. Welcome to this week's Re-Expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over or just re-say shit that I've said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck, God, what the hell was I... I have a mess. Ugh, that definitely merits a re-expose. <laughs> you guys, this is such an interesting dynamic that I'm experiencing in this moment as this podcast continues to grow and all the attention just keeps flooding my way. I often think that I can predict and expect what it is that you, the listeners, are going to say about specific things that I have in mind to say. Now let me just make one thing very fucking crystal clear. Part of the dynamic of this show is that even though we live in a world where it's becoming more and more common to be a little bit more sensitive, not say things that offend people, and just sort of kumbaya around a campfire, so to speak, and please don't come for me for saying that, <laughs> I find myself calling things out the way that I see fit. And I often get in trouble or get some sort of hateful message telling me why I shouldn't have said what I said, etc. But here's the thing. Every time I say something that could be potentially perceived as, quote, controversial, unquote, those are the highest performing fucking episodes of the show. So yeah, you know, like my lowest performing episodes are all four of the Britney Spears themed episodes and all of the highest performing episodes are the ones that have everything to do with sex and any and all things related to sex in between, which totally makes sense. So therefore, that's why I say the things that not a lot of people want to say, but think and do, but just don't talk about. That's exactly why I fucking talk about them. Because you're doing it too, and I'm just the one talking about it. That's it. And I think the reason why you're all so into it is because you can relate. So now that I've gotten off that little rant, <laughs> oh God, I tried to drop just, did you notice how I did it so like nonchalant and casually about how I had sex with the trans man? That was revealed last week. And I have to say, wow, like you guys just won't shut up about all the things related to this specific in regards to wanting to know more. So just as a overview, just because I casually just nonchalantly mentioned it and didn't go into anything in specific, this individual was a trans man. And for those who aren't fully aware of what that might be, what that means is it's a person who was assigned as female at birth and transitioned into a man. Now, this individual very much so looked like a man, very masculine, beard, hair all over his body, etc. But when it came down to having sex with this individual, I did what I think you think I did do. 
<laughs> and according to all of your questions this week about this specifically, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I had vaginal sex with a trans man. One specific individual asked me how I could do something like that. And if I consider myself a gay man, why would I be into that? So here's the thing on the cusp of coming off of last week's episode about being open-minded to any and all genders in between. I mean, I'm not opposed to having sex with a trans man. I mean, why not? I love having sex and I I'd like to, you know, I guess say that I'm very open-minded and pretty much willing to try anything once. So therefore, I had my first shot at having sex vaginally with a trans man. And it had been a very long time <laughs> since I had stick, stuck my dick in a vagina. And I have to say, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't necessarily fully into it for sure. But I, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd do it again if I had to do it all over again. So you can calm down. <laughs> and yes, I had sex with a trans man in the vagina. That's it. I also got kind of a semi-aggressive slash, I don't want to say hateful message, but pretty upfront and blunt direct message on my Instagram DM from an individual who tried to call me out, I guess, for saying that I feel that the gay struggle is over. And they were very much adamant about the fact that that's not the case. And I don't really know where this individual lives, but let me just clarify what it was that I was saying or what I meant by making that statement last week. So I feel for me personally, as an individual, being so flamboyant, out loud and proud and out to everyone, regardless in my life, for me, career-wise, socially, with my family, where I live, etc. The gay struggle is very much so over. I live in the heart of the Castro District of San Francisco, where being gay is like <laughs> pretty much like 90% of the fucking population, and it's just a normal, everyday way of life. So, and listen, I get that for some people in certain parts of the world, this isn't the case. And I fully understand that. So I wasn't just saying a blanket statement saying that the gay struggle was over for everyone because I know that's not the case. I'm just saying, like, in regards to the news, politically, and all things in between, gays don't really have the same struggle that now transgender and other gender-related non-binary people are starting to experience in today's age. And that is all I fucking meant. I swear to God, you guys just won't catch or just won't let me catch a break, will you? <laughs> God, I feel like I have to like take everything that I say and like chop it up like I'm speaking to a fucking kindergartner. And also, last but most certainly not least for this week's re-expose segment. Someone actually went through the motions of saying, that because I stated that I feel very feminine, that I paint my nails, that I grow my hair out, that sometimes I don't wear the most masculine of clothing, that I should explore other gender options for myself. Listen, I'm going to say this one time and I'm never going to bring it up again. And I should have fucking known this was coming when I said it. I love being a dude. 
I really do. And even though I'm feminine as fuck, I love having a dick. I love using my dick. And I'm just, I like being a guy. And just because I'm not fucking butch as fuck and play baseball or some stupid shit like that doesn't mean that I can't identify as male. Because guess what? I identify as a male. I have no desire to identify with any other gender. So that's that. And that's the last time I will say that because I got quite a few inquiries, comments, concerns, questions about that specifically. So just for the official record, Ronnie Washburn is a gay cis male, loves being one, has a dick, and will never explore any other gender options. That's just not for me. So stop trying to convince me of it. And that's it. So before we go and meet that guy at a restaurant for a first date and suddenly look at him and realize that he looked absolutely nothing like his photo on that dating app. First, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose. Welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose, where we try and find topics of conversation that one might find relevant and or pertinent to today's gay society or just shit that I want to talk about because it's my show. And first of all, I was just kind of hoping that this was going to like follow by the wayside, but (laughs) uh, unfortunately, it's all over the news and Nobody can stop talking about how much of a fucked up situation this whole metaverse thing that Facebook has decided to do has become. Honestly, it's been probably one of the news's biggest shit shows I think that we have seen in a long fucking time. And first and foremost, I just want to say metaverse, like that's what we're fucking calling it now, a metaverse. Like I remember I was watching that show, The Flash, like a couple years ago, and I kind of lost interest because that's how lame the show was, but they had a fucking metaverse. At least I think so. I could be wrong. But like, this is just like living a fucking, like, this is such bullshit. Like, I can't believe that this is actually happening. I feel like, like, are we all on drugs right now? And this is just something that we're experiencing because we're all like in an inebriated state of mind. Nope, 100% sober. This shit is really happening. And you guys, oh my God. They're calling it like a mass exodus. People who have been working for Facebook since basically like the inception are calling it quits, stating that they feel that Mark Zuckerberg is on his fucking rocker. (laughs) And they don't like the direction that Facebook is now taking. And they're actually saying that the fate of Facebook and Instagram itself is in the balance. (laughs) So once again, let me get my popcorn and see how all of this shit plays itself out. And I do have a feeling this is going to be a hot mess and probably a disastrous end. Oh God. Oh, Mark. 
And speaking of things that I will never understand, I just don't get how all of these beautiful and successful women in Hollywood somehow find themselves trying to get with Pete Davidson or actually facilitating a relationship with what we observe as a Pete Davidson. What the actual, like, he looks like something you would see out of, like, like the Nightmare Before Christmas character or some stupid bullshit. Like, how are people like Ariana Grande and now, I guess, Kim Kardashian dating, seeing, or even finding Pete Davidson attractive? I just have to know because he is, like, God, honestly, I just think he's probably one of the most hideous human beings that I've ever seen. I just don't get it. I mean, maybe it's like the funny factor from Messina. I don't, I don't fucking know what, what how the, he's, I don't, who knows? Maybe he has a huge dick and maybe he knows how to work it in the bedroom. Who knows? But now all these rumors are like swirling around in the news world that Kim Kardashian is openly admitting on the next steps to a, quote, possibly moving forward and excited to see how our future unfolds, unquote, with a Pete Davidson. That's right. You didn't, hold on. Just, just want to repeat that. Kim Kardashian has a thing for Pete Davidson. I'm as shocked as you are. (laughs) There's actually another related article where someone on Twitter was saying like, how the fuck does this guy consistently just like land women out of his fucking league, like above and beyond his league. And I have to fucking agree. Oh God, I just don't get it. He's got to be gifted in bed. That's, that's the only thing I can fucking think of. I, I, how, why? I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And I realize I'm kind of late to the party on this one, but because I, as I disclosed last week, announced that I officially downloaded WoW Presents Plus and have been binging on all the different variations of any and all things RuPaul's Drag Race in between. I just started season one of Canada's Drag Race and a couple things. Wow, the queens are like beyond way better than I expected. I I didn't expect to see the polish coming out of Canada. <laughs> Those queens are good. Like they're very like United States-ish, if I may say without being offensive. But I'm actually kind of excited to binge through that and start into season two. But the only thing that I have a huge problem with on this show specifically is actually taking Brooklyn Heights seriously. I like I literally re- feel like she's reading off a goddamn teleprompter and just has all of Rue's lines memorized. And it's just, like, she just doesn't, it's not where, it's not clicking for me. I don't know. Who knows? I've only seen a few episodes into season one. So let's just see if that changes and she gets like a little bit more comfortable, perhaps. I don't know. But I, you know, honestly, I heard everyone talking about how Canada's Drag Race season one was so good. And now I kind of get it. And I can't wait to see how all this shit plays itself out. And last but most certainly not least, I want to remind you that if you go onto any one of my socials and click the link in my bio, you'll find a link tree in which you'll see a little 
area where you can click called A Gay in the Life of Ronnie. So go on right now while you're listening and select it and then hit the subscribe button. I'm so fucking excited about this, you guys. Monthly newsletter starting on January 1st, 2022. And I have so much fun and nasty and good shit to reveal in this newsletter. And you're not gonna want to miss it. So subscribe now. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a stop moving too fast after a breakup themed undertone. First, let's hop into your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends as well as you, the listeners. How long does it take for you to leave that break up behind and get to a place where you are now looking forward to dating and finding somebody else once again. So let's get those answers now. Lindsay says, It takes me a very long time to recover from a breakup, especially if I've been with the person for over a year plus. I find myself getting back into the dating scene sometimes a couple years later. It's just one of those emotional things that I just can't change about myself. Luke says, I often find myself with all of my walls up after each and every time I move on from a relationship and it's really hard to let anybody else in and I honestly find myself single more often than not. Michael says, like every other stereotypical gay man in this world, I find myself moving on probably just a little too quickly after each and every one of my breakups because after all, there's no use in dwelling on spilled milk, just get that fucking paper towel and clean it up. Move on. Marcus says, what do you mean by move on? Because if you mean getting dick by moving on, then I literally am sending that text to the guy, breaking up with him, and then instantly going into the app store to download any one of the hookup apps. That's generally what I do. To get through a breakup. Nico says, you know, I really just don't know the answer to this question because in my past with breaking up with anyone, it's all happened very differently and I've gotten back in the game in a very different way each and every time. Kevin says, no real pattern here. It really just depends on how long I was with the individual before, what went down, what created the breakup, etc. That usually dictates how quickly or slowly it takes for me to move on. I usually start to date casually pretty soon after a breakup because chances are the relationship was over way before the breakup happens. 
Unless I was really hung up on the person and they broke up with me, then it usually takes a little depression before I can start dating once again. Peter says, I typically get into some sort of a slutty phase right after each and every one of my serious relationships demise. It makes me feel better to get some easy dick with no names exchanged, and it just is somewhat therapeutic in my mind and allows me to create some sort of a space to get to the next level of possibly talking to somebody on a more serious note. Michael number two says, this question has far too many variables involved to even give one specific answer. Can I just get next week's question? <laughs> Shut the f- this bitch, I know well enough to know, gets right back into the game right after each and every one, almost as if the other one didn't exist. And that's what you get for trying to call me out, bitch. <laughs> Dorinda says, I'm the wrong person to ask this question because I'm still not over my last breakup and we've both been moved on. Micah says, I tell myself that I'm going to be single for a long time to heal from whatever relationship that I just ended, but I find myself weeks later getting into another, not intentionally, but I just can't stop with all the attention that I receive from a man. I just flock to it. <laughs> wow. This is so me. Like, I don't ever mean to just move on to the next person, but somehow it just happens. I think that's what it is for me, too. I think I'd like the fucking attention. Girl, let's go to therapy together. <laughs> Abraham said, for whatever reason, it takes me like two weeks. Porter says, I hate dating, especially after a breakup. Sometimes I tell myself after each and every one that I'm just going to be a slut and never get into any sort of relationship ever again. And now here I am planning my wedding. (laughs) So that state of mind is very successful is what you're saying, right? (laughs) Benjamin says, for me, it takes about a year. There's the morning phase. Then there's the phase where I just don't want to be in a relationship. And then there's the phase where then I start to miss relationships because I see them all around me. And then slowly and finally, I start to go out on dates. Yep, that's right. About a year. Is that too long? (laughs) You're asking the wrong person because I honestly uh, am on grinder the second I break up with anyone. Nathan says, I don't know, but I'll let you know because I'm about to break up with my boyfriend within the week. And honestly, this is probably the first time that I've pulled an answer off Instagram and wished that I knew this person because I just want to know more. Kyle says, I typically have a track record of breaking up with all of my serious relationships. So therefore, I've mentally prepared myself for the end and have also mentally prepared myself 
for who is next. Literally, probably a matter of weeks for me. Mark says, I almost always find myself just days after breaking up with one of my exes and getting drinks with some guy and sitting there having a great conversation and then suddenly thinking to myself, wait, are we on a date right now? And that's where it begins. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Mark, this is exactly me too. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've fucking done this. And then that date develops into something more. And before I know it, I'm fucking dating someone and I didn't even mean to. I totally get this. Joshua says, my eyes are always looking towards. The grass is greener on the other side. Regardless. Nadine says, as follows. And just for the record, the only reason why I'm even reading this answer is because I feel like this individual just so happened to stumble upon my Instagram account by total random and had no idea that I was going to read this shit on the show. (laughs) Nadine said, when you jump right back into a relationship after you've just finished with one, that psychologically hurts you. And you should never do that because it just hurts all parties involved. It's best to take your time, wait it out, and really feel like you can actually be with someone before you just lead them on and find yourself at the end of yet another relationship. And Nadine, I just want to say one thing. First of all, thanks for chiming in. And second of all, I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to do me. (laughs) Regardless of what... You can't predict what's going... This person sounds like they might be a fucking therapy student or some shit, probably like second year and thinks that they know it all because they're in therapy school, but really just has no fucking clue. Or maybe I just don't have a fucking clue. But either way, there's your answer. (laughs) Well, once again, as I expected, these answers are one big giant clusterfuck of really just all over the place. (laughs) Some people like to jump right back into dating right after the fact. Some people like to be sluts. Guilty. Holding my hand up right now. And some people actually like to take their time, which I don't know how you do it. And if you have the secrets or you can somehow tell me how I can crack that code, please, by all means, reach out. And if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry. Just continue to answer the weekly question on Instagram at exposing my day. And just remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And with that, now let's hop into my gay expose. And you'll find out all the reasons why I'm asking this question. Why won't you date me? I admit it, totally 100% guilty, even though no matter how many times I try to justify it or say that 
after I broke up with the boyfriend, I immediately almost always had another one, like, right after. I don't think I ever really intended for it to be that way. But I think somehow subconsciously in my mind, I was always seeking out the attention of men in any way that I see fit. And I'm going to be honest with you, for someone like me who's hooked up so much, so often, all the time, every once in a while when you show up to that random grinder hookup guy's house and bend over as he's plunging his dick deep within your ass, you find yourself sometimes staring at yourself in his closet door window while he's pounding you out and asking yourself in your mind, what am I doing? Why am I doing this again? And why am I subjecting myself to this over and over and over again? And is there any way that I can have so much more? Like an actual guy, a guy that wants me, not just for my asshole, but for me as a person who wants to be in a relationship with me. And then I find myself walking out of that guy's house and doing that specific gay walk of shame scenario, wanting so much more than just all of this empty hooking up. Listen, I know you've all been there. If you're anything like me and you go through phases like you want to date, and then suddenly you're fuck fuck dating, you just want to fuck, you just want to hook up, you just want to have sex, but then you find yourself once again feeling so empty with all the random hooking up scenarios and sometimes not even getting guys' names and asking yourself, why do you not just go for the quality in an individual and seek out so much more? But then after a couple of years of dating one specific person, you then find yourself yearning for that random dick once again. So it's kind of almost honestly like a lose-lose situation. What is it that you actually want? And if you don't feel this way, maybe that's just me. But this is honestly my consistent pattern. I honestly go back and forth. And after a large stretch of dick after dick after dick after dick, I immediately find myself going to a place where I want to find that guy in a relationship once again. And whether I admit that out loud or not, that's neither here nor there. Somehow, all of these guys have strategically placed themselves in my life one right after another mere weeks away from a breakup. Listen, I'm the first one to openly admit that this is a very unhealthy (laughs) thing that I cope with in my life. And whether or not I'm willing to admit that I'm going through that moment in that moment, that's neither here nor there. I'm not actually thinking about any of that shit until I'm actually away from it or months away from it or in it. Too thick to even take a step back and realize that I just did that shit far too quickly. I mean, a couple of my boyfriends in my past, because I moved so quickly with them, I realized after I got to know them so well, they actually weren't the type of person that I thought that they were initially. And maybe if I just took the time to get them to know them just a little bit longer, then I would have realized that shit and maybe saved myself all of that crap that I went through. But you know, life lessons we're always learning every time we go into any sort of relationship type 
situation, don't you think? So here's the thing. When it comes to dating for me right here, right now in this very moment, I'm wanting to do what I did after Braden. Once again, where I legitimately was single for two and a half years. Like I actually forced myself to be single for two and a half years and work on me. And this was actually my gay walk of shame blogging years. And some of the most messy, salacious, and fucked up fuckery happened in this specific time frame. And it was only a matter of time that I met Robert and back into a relationship once again. But here's the thing. I feel right here in this very moment as I break things off with Robert and look forward to what's next for Ronnie Washburn in his future. Dating for me will never, ever, ever be the same again. And let me tell you all the reasons why. First of all, it started with my Gay Walk of Shame blog. Obviously, I was single for this time frame, so the blog being in existence definitely hindered a lot of dating. Like anytime any guy that I would seriously start to, you know, go on multiple dates with, once they caught wind of the blog, it was over after that. Because honestly, I was writing all about my slutty and sex-filled sexcapades. Like who, who wants to get serious with somebody in a relationship who is like writing about how much of a big fat fucking slut they are. And you know, I honestly should have expected it, but I think deep down, maybe I just expected to meet a guy that would just be open to it and fully understand it. I mean, there are guys out there that would, right? Don't you think? Well, I started actually dating this guy right before Robert and we were getting kind of serious. I think we met on... I want to say it was tender originally. And he actually didn't live in San Francisco. He lived kind of in between Sacramento and San Francisco. So it was definitely one of those get to know each other via text type relationships at first. But then we, you know, really hit it off and really liked each other. And I never will forget it as long as I live. This was like my big eye opening moment in regards to the Gay Walk of Shame blog and how it would ultimately affect me being in a relationship with anyone moving forward. I took him to Lion's End in San Francisco when he came up to see me for a visit. And we planned this whole like day in the city. And as we walked down the path, we just had this really great conversation. Things were really going in the direction it needed to go. And I just really started to like this guy. As we walked along the path, I just said to him, hey, you know, there's something I need to tell you. Like, I write this blog. It's called Gay Walk of Shame. Starting to get a lot of attention. And I just want you to know because I really like you and, you know, things are really starting to go well. And I just don't want it to be something that you maybe find out by surprise. He was really respectful. I explained that it was sexually explicit. It was my single years and that, you know, it seemed like he kind of understood and things seemed to be going in a right direction. We had a great weekend. He ended up going home after that. And so he had this friend and this was so crazy too, because I suddenly noticed that 
all of a sudden, as I started promoting, or not started, but continued promoting each and every blog entry each and every week on social media, this specific random dude suddenly was like looking at my Insta stories. Like he was actually like the very first one to look at my Insta stories. And, you know, I was getting a lot of random people who were doing it at the time. So I didn't think anything of it. But what I ended up finding out was this specific guy just so happened to be the guy that I was kind of seeing's best friend. The next thing I knew, I got a text message probably about a week and a half later from this guy telling me all the reasons why he felt that because of the blog and because of his friend's fervent opinion that he just definitely couldn't see me anymore. It was just too much for him. He just couldn't. And then I later found out after talking to him that they like ended up going out to a bar or something with a couple of friends. And somehow that topic of conversation got brought up. And it turns out that his friend was like basically insta-stalking me on my stories and showing him all the sexy, messy, sexually explicit and deranged material that I was writing out on a weekly basis. And so apparently when I told him about it on our little hike, he was fine with it. But when all of his friends suddenly started pointing the finger out as to how terrible supposedly all of this was that I was doing, I guess the guy just couldn't hang. And you know what? It's fine. It Like it wasn't meant to be. And that's okay. But I wasn't about to turn my back on my brand and it, it wasn't going to change my mind. I didn't care. I lost something that could have potentially been good. But here's the thing. If the guy wasn't willing to accept me fully for who I was, then fuck him. Ugh, so eventually, Gay Walk of Shame actually got put on a lockdown for reasons I've expressed so many times on this show. But I realized in that moment that dating from this point moving forward wouldn't be easy. I mean, my reputation was already out there as a writer, writing sexually explicit material. And then suddenly this show dropped. And as this show continues to grow, it's kind of almost the exact same thing in regards to dating. But here's the thing. When I met Robert two and a half years ago, I was very early in to the show. And honestly, Robert and I had this really great dynamic where obviously I've expressed many times on the show, we were fully open. We were both playing outside of the bedroom as well as with each other. And what I learned about Robert specifically was he was just as much of a slut in his past as I was. So it was actually kind of great that I had ended up meeting a guy, that guy that actually would probably be one of the only guys that would understand something like a gay walk of shame or a My Gay Expose podcast. And as our relationship continued to develop and flourish over the course of that two and a half years, what I learned as I started obsessively talking nonstop about the show, like I would honestly like kind of tell him about topics that I wanted to cover little stories, situations, things that like I actually would bring up on a regular basis, I noticed that he would kind of like automatically like just kind of shut down and not want to talk about it. So one day we had both been drinking 
pretty heavily. It was like a weekend. We had done brunch. We had gotten a couple of drinks after. We were just kind of doing our day. And we somehow got on the topic of the podcast itself. And he, I think, drunkenly slipped and said that he felt that I put way more attention and effort into my show than I did into our relationship. And I actually was like, wow, this is what he feels? I mean, I knew that wasn't the case. I mean, yes, I did put a lot of attention into the show, but I also put a lot of attention into our relationship as well. But I sort of started to realize that in that moment, like, he was jealous. And it wasn't of another guy. It was of my fucking show. It was as if he felt that I was cheating on him with my show. And I knew in that moment that he just didn't like it. He didn't like the topics. He didn't like the stories I covered. There were a few situations where I think friends had come to him. Hey, did you hear about this specific thing? Blah, 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 etc. And I think it just bothered him. Even though he had that tough exterior of being an out and open slut, us being in an open relationship, etc. I think deep down when it came to our relationship, he was really bothered by the show. It didn't stop our relationship. We worked on things, but ultimately things ended. And I'm not saying this to say that we ended things because of the show, because that's definitely not the case. There was definitely other factors involved with our breakup. But what I'm saying is that I just so happened to get lucky, I guess you could say, with Robert. Because A, he was open to a lot. And B, like he and I kind of started dating very early into the show before it got all of this attention, all of this popular, like it hadn't grown yet. It hadn't flourished yet. It hadn't become what it has been today. And I'm honestly at a place now that when I go through like Grindr, Tender, Jack, Scruff, any of those apps and start chatting with any one specific guy, they immediately catch on to the fact that I'm a host of this show. And I've even gotten to a place that when it comes to like chatting with guys, like I don't even bring up the show. Like I purposefully don't talk about it. And every single guy that I have had any sort of interaction with since the breakup has brought to my attention that they are fully aware of this fucking show. (laughs) And honestly, I've been on four specific dates since the breakup, not necessarily like in hopes to date these specific guys individually. But honestly, I mean, I think it's just that I'm so social. I try to talk myself into it, (laughs) so to speak. Like going on dates with guys is just like me justifying to myself that, oh, I'm just hanging out with this new guy I met on blah, 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 and you know, whatever. And uh, it just kind of develops from there. And it's my consistent pattern just haunting me from my past, even though I can sit here right here in this moment and record a full-on episode acknowledging that I know I have this very unhealthy pattern of going from one to the next. But now I have this entire dynamic of knowing that because of this show, I don't think it's going to be easy for me to date ever again. The damage is already done. And to be honest with you, if my relationship is with myself and with this show moving forward for the rest of my life, then I'm 
perfectly okay with it. But knowing me, I'll probably end up finding someone in a matter uh, of weeks. Who knows? We'll just have to see how all this shit plays itself out. And by the way, once again, please, by all means, don't tell my therapist. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. We learned that even though I acknowledge my consistent leave one relationship, hop right back into the next unhealthy dating pattern, I'm probably still going to do it. And this entire process of this specific episode is just me basically fessing up to that and knowing that that's probably going to be a thing because I know myself at this point in my life so well. And we also learned that my therapist is probably going to make a shit ton of money off of me for this in specific. And if you find yourself out of a relationship, I encourage you not to listen to anything that I've said on this as advice because it's probably the wrong advice. (laughs) Oh, God. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And give me a fucking five-star rating. Follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch win of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay, and stay tuned for my new 2.0 relaunch of RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. Coming soon. And Also, just go on one of my socials, any of my socials, and click the link in bio and subscribe to A Gay in the Life of Ronnie. I promise you, you won't regret it. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Exposing My Gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will go on a date with you even though I just broke up with my boyfriend four days ago next time.